are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman. Cody, you didn't open up with Battle Red Nation today. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Battle Red Nation, ah, welcome Lee, you to know another we installment of Locked On Texans. I'm so, so sorry. And today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all your parts your car will ever need. We are the Locked On Texans. We are Battle Red Nation. We are the uh, Bulls on Parade with a party twist. We have it. Any name you can think of, that's what you can call us because we are here to represent you guys. Training camp kicked off last week. Well, the NFL allowed the process for the rookies to go into camp last week, so we know how that has been. The first couple of days was really just COVID testing, making sure guys are going to test negative so they can move forward to the next uh, part of getting things in line and ready for this upcoming season, which has now been confirmed that will be no preseason the nfl is expected to start on time we already have baseball back we got the nba back ladies and gentlemen germs at home we now have the nfl will officially be back and i gotta tell you the excitement of knowing that a americans have the opportunities on sundays mondays thursdays to come home crack open a beer after a long one and watch some football and I'm happy to see it. And, you know, I was a big opponent against having the NFL this off season, but if the NFL feels like they have everything down to the T as possible in regards to safety, and they feel like their players know what's on the line, the league know what's on the line, let the guys go ahead and play and we will have football. But at the end of the day, they can start it, but hopefully my biggest concern is hopefully they can finish it. I mean, it's one thing to get things started, but what I don't want to see is come week five or week six of the regular season, next thing you know, the NFL have to take the NBA route and suspend their season because they have a surge case of COVID-19. So, you know, that's my only concern, man. You know, it's good that they are starting. It's good. Finally, we'll see the NFL moving in a direction where, A, it makes sense for them to start, and B, the players actually have faith in them. But at the end of the day, man, if they get started, I just hope that, one, everybody stays safe, and two, that they can actually finish it. All right, so let's look into what the NFL has agreed to with the NFLPA about moving forward. So, for one, players must produce two negative tests over the first four days after reporting to camp. On the fifth day, if both tests were negative, the players will be able to begin daily testing and can enter the facility daily testing will continue for two weeks and would then move to every other day if the positivity rate is below five percent this testing approach will apply to all team employees designated for tier one or tier two the nfl has also hired bioreference laboratories to handle the testings the same company that is handling the test for the nba mls and has been assured of results within the 24 hours so bioreference laboratories really should be giving their company a raise because they got money coming in everywhere with all of these leagues but they're taking the right path 
making sure that they're partnering with guys with a company rather that can get those tests in within 24 hours. That 24 hour time frame is very important. Uh, also, also, so what happens once players uh, pass through the intake period, right? They'll go through a roughly two week acclimatization period that the NFLPA and NFL negotiated to minimize the chances of injury after the virtual offseason program that include no traditional football work. There will be just over a week of strength and conditioning, letting those guys get back into shape, football shape, ready for the season, followed by five days of non-padded practices. First padded practice would occur on August 17th with a maximum of 14 padded practices before the start of the regular season. So basically what they're going to do in the next month is just getting those players back into the swing of things. And, Cody, that's what we talked about when we looked at the rookies coming in, right? All of those new guys that are filling holes, all of those veteran players that Bill O'Brien loved to talk about throughout the entire offseason, those guys who haven't really taken a full rep, real rep with the Houston Texans, they're going to get the opportunity over the next four months, I'm sorry, over the next four weeks, over the next month to come in not have to worry about going straight into practice. They're going to have those conditioning days. They're going to get this. They're going to be able to get prepared physically before they even really get in the mix of what's going on with the NFL. Then they're going to have those non-practice practice days. So they're going to be what I like to call the T-shirt Olympics. They're going to go through that type of period before the season really kicks off. We already mentioned no preseason games. Here's another question. Can NFL players opt out this season without penalty? Yes, they can. Those deemed to be high risk to COVID-19 would receive $350,000 in in an incurred NFL season if they opt out the season. Players who aren't deemed to be at risk but don't feel comfortable playing can receive $150,000 if they opt out. So let's say, Cody, you are in a situation where somebody may be quarantined in your home. You're a high risk of getting it, right? They have it. You don't. They live with you. You may be able to opt out and you would receive $350,000. Now, me personally, I want to just take a year off. I don't feel comfortable. Give me my $150,000 and I'll go about my day. You know, last week we talked about the revenue losses where the NFL agreed to keep the 2020 salary cap intact, which is at $108.2 million per team, even though revenues are projected to drop between three to $4 billion. My goodness. But no matter how far the revenues fall this year, the agreement established a $170 million floor for the 2021 cap. The remainder of the losses will be spread out over the next four seasons. And why would there be revenue shortage if most NFL teams, uh, the money that they receive comes from TV? The biggest source would be from the reduced or eliminated fan attendance. The NFL has left it up to teams to determine fan policies for games in conjunction with the state and local regulations team. Teams that have announced primarily plans to have capped their new capacity at 20,000 or fewer to ensure social distancing in the stands and concourses. Those plans are subject to change. The NFL will require any fan who does attend a game to please wear a mask. So, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we have football. A little difference this year, but ultimately, we're going to see our guys on the field And I'm going to tell you this, with the 2021 cap going down next year, here's a question I like to propose. Do the Texans need to reconstruct your contract? 
with every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost $353. 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so with the nfl coming back officially Everybody has a lot to look forward to. Cody and I have a lot to look forward to because that way with some guys on the field, we'll actually have a reason to come on this show every day and talk, right? We have a reason to speak with you guys. We have a reason to engage in rack, which we both love to do. However, when we look at the Houston Texans, what has been some of the main concerns or subjects or topics for the entire year? Number one, I believe the entire offseason was to make sure that Laramie Tunsil did not go anywhere. Got that deal done, right? Number two was making sure that we brought in serviceable talent to fill the voids and holes that this team has, especially after DeAndre Hopkins getting out of here. And so number three didn't have anything to do with this year. It's to make sure that we have enough to secure Deshaun Watson for next year. Now, Patrick Mahomes signed that lifeline, that lifelong deal for that $10 mil, $500 million. We're also in the show I'm talking about that, but let's take a look at who's owed money for next year, right? J.J. Watt is owed $17.5. Brandon Cooks is owed $12 million. Whitney Merciless is also owed $12 million. Randall Cobb is owed $10.6 million. And then from there, it's pretty fair. David Johnson is owed $9 million. Nick Martin, 8.7. Bernard McKinney, 8.5. Uh, Duke Johnson, 5.1, and so on and so forth. But when I look at this roster, right, understanding that the cap will go down next year, just talked about that. Also understanding, more importantly, Deshaun Watson has to stay in Houston. There could be some room well, there should be some room for reconstructing, and that needs to be a real discussion to have. I'm looking at this roster, right? Next year, Larry Tonsville is due $19.4 million. His deal won't get reconstructed. But J.J. Watt is 17.5. Whitney Merciless is at 12. 
David Johnson at nine, Randall Cobb at 10.6. And, and I would also go ahead and throw in Brandon Cooks at $12 million. I think the amount of money that they're making right now, kudos to you. You deserve it. You made it this far in the NFL. However many contracts you've received, nobody's you know, mad at you that you received your money. This isn't like a Jamarcus Russell where they gave you $60 million right out the gate and you didn't even touch the field yet. And when they asked you about watching film that was blank, you said it was blitz packages. This is not that. J.J. White has deserved his money. Brandon Cooks has deserved his money. Merciless, who balled out those first eight games last year, he deserved his money of what he's done for the Houston Texans over the course of time. But we can all agree that the Texans are in a number crunch right now because of the salary cap. They want to get that deal done. The cap may be affected over the next four years drastically. So reconstructing should be a realistic thought. And I think when you have to start with off, you have to start off with guys like JJ, Whitney Merciless, David Johnson. And I would also go with Brandon Cooks to negotiate what their contracts are set now so you can make sure you keep that guy that overall is the most important asset on your team. That's Deshaun Watson. In my eyes, the one person I would say might have to be in that position where you have to reconstruct the deal is Laramie Tunsil. And, yes, I understand he just signed it, and he deserves every single penny that he signed. But at the end of the day, you have to think about it. When he signed that deal, nobody expected or could project the amount of money that was lost, that could be lost due to this pandemic. Now, with that being said, so with his contract being so big and the fact that he, that is going to eat up so much of the Texans salary cap space over the next three years, the next three years, by the way, that I know for sure is going to be affected by this pandemic, I will say it's going to be in the Texans' best interest to try to find some common ground to reconstruct Laramie Tussle's contract situation. But at the same time, if they don't, of course, you got to look at other guys like J.J. Watt and the other guys that you mentioned. Watt is a very interesting case, John, because he's on $17.5 million in 2021. Let's say if they want to reconstruct that and stretch it to the 2022 season, that means he's going to be making somewhere around eight and nine million between 2021 and 2022 but here's the kicker with that now you're looking at it from a standpoint where you might be paying jj watt who is going to be way past his prime ain't no telling how many more games he's going to be able to play at this stage of uh, at that stage of his career i'm not too sure if that's a smart move for the texans because thinking about it that means you're going to be playing the 2022 season with a J.J. Watt who is 33 years old and who has battled multiple injuries. And based off three of the last four seasons, you know Watt is not healthy and his body has taken a lot of hits over the past couple of years. So me personally, I think it's in the Texans' best interest if they go out and reconstruct Laramie Tunsil's deal. You know, J.J. Watt will be the next best thing. But like I just said, if you stress his contract out over the next two years, I mean, yes, he's going to be making $9 million, but at the same time, you're going to have an agent, J.J. Watt, taking up a roster spot that could be used for who knows who the Texans might be able to go out and draft, might be able to go out and sign. So it's it's it, it calls for a lot of concern. 
And here's another aspect of it. Not only do you want to make sure you re-sign Deshaun Watson, but if you look at your current roster right now, right, Charles Romanehu is going to need a contract soon. You don't want to lose him because of how good he is, right? He's as a, a, a as what we know right now with his first year in the league, last year, he has an opportunity to really blossom here in Houston and training with some of the greats. So you're going to need money for him. You're going to need money for some guys like Justin Reed. So when we look at those top heavy players, JJ Watt was 17.5, Brandon Cooks at 12 million, you're already at 20, $29.5 million. You throw in Whitney Merchants, you're at $41. million. You throw in David Jones, you're at $50 million between those four guys. Like you said, very good point. JJ Watt is past his prime. JJ Watt missed half of the season last year. We do not know how much of Watt we're going to get. Hell, we don't even know how much of Whitney Merchants we're going to get because We've seen without Watt, well, we don't know what Whitney Merciless is on the field, right? And we also can look at Bradley Roby. I'm sorry, not Bradley Roby. David Johnson, who's making $9 million this year, also is going to make, I mean, next year, he's making $11 million, close to 12 this year. Those contracts are eating up a lot of money. And I think it's not fair to the team. And I'm very player-friendly, right? You know this, but they got to get their Watson deal done. If they choose to reconstruction, they have to get Watson's deal done, knocking off a few million here, a few million there, or just trying to reconstruction somehow to make sure that they get that locked in next year and also have some money to re-sign players that are already on their roster if you choose to, but you have to get better throughout the draft and free agency. That's how you get better. You're not going to be able to do that with the salary cap decreasing for next year, having to pay these guys, Still try to juggle Deshaun Watson and still try to juggle free agency. Still try to juggle draft. It's just too much. Reconstructing some of these deals is very necessary. And I'm the first to say 17.5 for J.J. Watt. That's a little too high for my cup of tea. And I think he should be the first one to get a call. Hey, J.J., you've been great. 3D MVPs. Monster. One season with five touchdowns. I understand it. We love you here in Houston. We want you to retire in Texas. But we need to knock some of that money down. Because we got somebody we got to keep here in town. But once again, if you reconstruct J.J. Watt's deal, that means you're going to be... I don't want to say stuck with him because I don't want to make it seem like the Texans don't have no other choice. But like I say, if you rework his deal and you drag it up to 2021, then you're going to have an uh, you're going to put this team in a situation where they're going to have an even older JJ Watt that they're going to have to deal with and that JJ Watt might not even be worth the 8 to 9 million that he's going to be making and i i don't want to make it sound like the Texans should not have gave Laramie Tunsil that deal but on the flip side of things, you have to think about it. The Texans did not take into account the amount of money that they could possibly lose due to this pandemic. I mean, hell, he signed that deal right when the pandemic was starting to get really, really bad. Nobody could have foreseen this. I'm not too sure if you 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 look at it from a standpoint of if they can reconstruct that deal, I don't, I don't think Larry Matonso is going to be the type of guy that just get mad and demand a trade or anything like that. But at the same time, you have to look at it from a standpoint, the Texans didn't know about this pandemic. He didn't know about this pandemic. And I'm pretty sure they could come to some kind of agreement.
Me personally, I would rather pay JJ Watt the 17 million that he is owed. And then that will put this team in a situation where if he's still around, I'm pretty sure it's going to be less than the eight to nine million that you would have given him if you would stretch the 17 that he is owed right now. Or I hate to say it, just let him walk out in free agency. And you know what? Here's an interesting take this year. Brandon Cooks, David Johnson, those two guys are really on let's see if you can get it done deals type of years. Because when we look at Randall Cobb, right, we brought him in. We wanted Randall Cobb in. We look at all of those free agents. We brought them in. Brandon Cooks was traded here in in the trade package. Brandon Cooks was traded to get here, and we gave up a very high pick, that second, second-round pick. David Johnson was also a part of that first, first, second, that first, second-round pick with the DeAndre Hopkins. So I think essentially, if those two guys just don't pan out, it'll be easier to kind of say, well, we tried. We have to move on. Uh, but I'll say this. I think Brandon Cooks will definitely work out here in Houston. And I'm also very optimistic about David Johnson. That's why I didn't mention releasing them or moving forward from them first. I think both of those guys should be a part of Houston's plan moving forward, especially Brandon Cooks. But if it don't work out, we can move on. Even if it does work out, I think packaging Cooks, Johnson, and Watt in a conversation of let's see if we can reconstruct it. Let's see if we can move some things around, lessen some of the damage is the best way to go. We'll have to see. But in order to keep everybody happy, which is it's impossible in the field, but to make sure you keep Watson here and have the money to bring in other players, something has to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, Battle Red Nation, we're going to continue our season preview of every single one of the Houston Texans 2020 opponent. Yesterday, we touched on the Kansas City Chiefs, and today we're going to touch on, of course, the Baltimore Ravens. Now, we all know how great the Ravens was in 2019. It was arguably the best team up until the playoffs, and it seems like the team that we thought was going to the Super Bowl or at least challenge the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, uh, there was a no-show. Um, except for Lamar Jackson. I don't want to put all the blame on him. Lamar played pretty he played pretty solid in that game against the Tennessee Titans, but his teammates, Lord have mercy, they was just terrible. But we're going to continue our preview on what we expect from the Houston Texans playing against the Ravens. Now, John, let me go first and let me just say this. I have the Houston Texans coming out with a bang against Kansas City, but I kind of feel like they're going to drop this one against the Ravens because if there is one team who's going to come out more hungrier, who's going to come out more determined, or who's going to come out just ready to just kill 2020 more than the Texans and put that embarrassment behind them, it's the Baltimore Ravens. They're going to have the reigning MVP. We know how dangerous he was in 2019, and I expect him to be even better in 2020. And if there is one quarterback that I'm more afraid of, then Deshaun Watson, which, I mean, I'm not afraid of him because he's on a team that I root for, but if there's one dangerous quarterback outside of Deshaun Watson that I might be concerned about when I'm going up against them, it's Lamar Jackson by far. And this team, I feel like last year was a was a learning curve for them, and I feel like they're going to come to Houston and, and, and 
put the Texans in their place. And, you know, I've been on the other side of that. I think the Chiefs will win game one. I think the Texans will win game two. But I can understand how the Ravens can be scarier. Before I even talk about it, let's look at some of their offseason moves. They re-signed tackle Andre Smith to a one-year deal. They signed Chuck Clark at safety for a three-year extension. They used their franchise tag on outside linebacker Matthew Judon, who they really needed. He was a very good player for them. They traded Hayden Hurst to Atlanta. They got a second-round pick back for that. Uh, but also, they traded for Jacksonville Jaguars, Calais Campbell. They are adding depth and nastiness to that defense. And they also signed him for a one-year extension as well. They re-signed defensive tackle Justin Justin Ellis to a one-year deal, re-signed Dean Jahad Ward to a one-year deal, re-signed Jimmy Smith to a one-year deal, re-signed Anthony Levine to a one-year deal, uh, re-signed wide receiver Chris Moore to a one-year deal, signed Derek Wolf to a one-year deal, also signed linebacker Jake Ryan, agreed to terms with DJ Fluker. Resigned Pernell McAfee to a one-year deal. How many times did you hear me say one-year deal? One-year deals for a team of this caliber really sounds like they are going in back-to-back years with first-round exits. Last year, you had the MVP of the league who set the league on fire, still got out of the first round, and you may have felt like our defense let us down. Well, however you feel, and that defense was stout last year. When you add the likes of Calais Campbell to a defense that's already stacked, you give him a one-year extension. I just said one-year deals multiple times. They're going all in. And for that, that's going to make them dangerous defensively. And now all you're asking is for Lamar Jackson to, hey, buddy, hey, listen, I know we had a rough offseason. I know we had to wear a mask everywhere. I know you probably forgot it in your, your car. But I need for you to kind of do the same thing that you did last year, this year, and we got the rest. And honestly, that is terrifying. That is a thought that not only DCs have to get ready for Lamar Jackson, but OCs now have to get ready for that style defense. And I agree. The Texans will not take this game lightly. They can't afford to, of course. You don't want to start the season off 0-2, and I still believe they will beat the Ravens. But if you're telling me that the Ravens will win and you have your 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 reasons why, I mean, I can't really face that. I just think the Texans will be hotter from Chiefs. But I, I listen, I can also see they them beating the Chiefs week one and losing to the Ravens week two. I can see that scenario. Outside of the Texans, if I'm t- – Talking about a non-biased opinion, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens to come out of this AFC. And I say that because Calais Campbell is going to give them that defensive stopper that they that they needed. Because, look, their defense was good last year. It was good up until the point where their defense needed to show up, which was in that playoff game against Tennessee Titans. And yeah, the Titans actually won that game because they gave up a total of 217 rushing yards and Derrick Henry recorded 195 rushing yards on the night. 
they needed someone who can at least shut down a, a running game or they needed someone who can help that front seven. <laughs> they got that in Campbell. And that's why I think, and then John, you even said it, almost every single one of those guys, they are on some kind of prove it deal. And I believe that this is going to be a prove it year for the Ravens. And I'm scared of the Ravens in, in 2020. I could be wrong, but I highly doubt I will be. Listen, listen, this is their draft. They drafted so well this year. In the first round, they drafted Patrick Queen out of LSU at linebacker defense. They also wanted to get younger in that backfield. In the second round, they drafted J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State. In the third round, they drafted Justin Bowie. And then they also went out and got uh, Devin Duvernay out of UT receiver. They added key pieces on both sides of the ball. They are going in. 2021 may be the year that they hosted NFL Championship. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. Always follow us on Locked On Texans on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.